This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, I can't wait to be with Jesus. I can't wait to be like Jesus, where it is, what the temperature is, what it's made of. All that stuff is really, really secondary. I just want to be with Jesus and be who Jesus created me to be. Welcome or welcome back to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a resource of Journey Church International located in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and in this episode, I will have a conversation with Pastor Christian Newsom, lead pastor of Journey. Uh, as a follow-up to a recent Sunday message that we hosted here uh, at Journey. Um, this week, we wrapped up our series entitled Grim Reaper, where we have been discussing a Christian theology of death and suffering. But Pastor Christian recently, Pastor Jimmy Dodd, shared a, a, just a powerful message, and it, and it was so good, we thought we would have an episode just unpacking some of the truth that he shared in his message. So for our podcast listeners, Pastor Christian, would you mind introducing who Jimmy Dodd is? Yeah, so it, it was an incredible message, and if you often listen to our podcast but do not listen to our Sunday sermons, you need to go listen to week number four of our Grim Reaper series on our TakeTheJourney.cc site. Um, go to TakeTheJourney.cc, watch and listen current series or old series if you pick up this podcast sometime after November of 2019, because it was a powerful, powerful message. So uh, Jimmy Dodd is my, he is he's basically my ministry coach. He is the founder and the president of Pastor Serve Ministry. It's a it's an international ministry that coaches and counsels pastors and churches. Most of the work they do is crisis care. If you have ever been to a church um, where the pastor has had some type of failure, if you've ever been to a church where the elders can't get along, if you've ever been to a church that's going through a church split, um, Pastor Serve is the company you call in. When when your staff, when your elders, when your leadership team, when your church is is in a place of crisis, you call pastor serve. They also their preferred ministry is coaching, not crisis care. They would prefer to keep people out of ministry crisis, but most people don't want to pay for that. Uh, most people are not willing to to pay for coaching until it's almost too late and they need someone to bail them out. Our elder team. Our finance team, our personnel team, since day one at this church has been willing to say our church is going to support our pastor uh, having a coach. Our church is going to be willing to support our staff having counselors before the crisis comes as a as a preventative measure. So I meet with uh, with Jimmy. He he has an I mean, he has an entire organization of of men and women that coach pastors and pastoral staff. He happens to be my personal ministry coach. Just because he lives in town, I just I kind of won the lottery, and that that I was assigned to him. I meet with Jimmy twice a month, uh, about every two weeks for two hours, um, and he's he is he's just my ministry coach, and he is he has become a very strong voice uh, in our church. He meets with our elders at least once a year. He usually meets with our staff at some kind of staff retreat to do some kind of staff assessment or staff health. Uh, but Jimmy is he he is kind of the lens that I run all of our ministry decisions through. And, and he is the guy who constantly is speaking into me as a Christian, as a husband, as a father, reminding me that my first ministry is always to my soul. I cannot be any good to our church if I'm not walking closely with Jesus. My next ministry is to my wife. I cannot be any good to our church 
if my wife says I'm out, my next ministry is to my children, I, I will have very little emotional margin left to minister to people in our church if I'm constantly tracking down my kids. And then, and then he helps me lead our team and our elders, uh, and, and our church well. He has, uh, he's become a dear, dear friend. Um, I, I can't imagine doing ministry without him. And he has, he's just the voice of experience. He's walked through so much suffering. So much pain with so many people. When I thought about this series, I thought, man, Jimmy is a voice we need to have in this series because he, uh, not just at the individual level, but when churches suffer and when pastors suffer and when churches lose their senior pastor, uh, they call him. He's the guy when the highest level of ministry is hurting the most, they call him and say, help us learn how to suffer, help us learn how to process loss. So I thought, man, he's a guy we need to have come speak into our church. And man, it, it was so powerful from uh, speaking of friendships he's dealing with, a friend that he just had to preach his funeral, to talking about his own grandkids, one with severe special needs. Uh, man, what a, what a voice of experience and mentorship in my life. Uh, and man, it, it's so important for people in their life to have someone uh, who loves them well, who challenges them well, who is kind of a, a mentor coach in their life. Pastor Christian, you mentioned um, how important he is and how valuable he is in your life. I can't help but think of maybe um, maybe a mom who's listening or maybe a, a dad or a business owner who's listening and they're saying, boy, I, I crave that. I need that in my life. Could you speak to the value that a coach or a mentor could be in all of our lives? Yeah, so I, I think every Christian... Uh, needs a coach. We we could call them. Every Christian needs someone who is discipling them. Yes. Every Christian should have a mentor, discipler, and every Christian should be a mentor, discipler. And if we all did it well, uh, companies like Jimmy's wouldn't even exist, right? I mean, if every if everyone just discipled someone and every and everyone had someone who discipled them, there wouldn't be a whole lot of need for coaches in life. But I think that's, again, why it's so important to plug into community, to plug into small groups, to plug into serving. Every young mom should be looking for a mom who's 10 years ahead of her, who who passionately follows Jesus and saying, hey, I have a three-year-old daughter. You have a 13-year-old daughter. Would you care if once a month we just met for coffee for an hour and I ask you, what did you do at four? What did you do at five? What did you do at six? Because I see you and your teenage daughter now, and that's that's who I want to be. Can you help me get there? Every dad uh, with a sixth grade son who plays competitive baseball, who's you know who knows a dad with an eighteen year old son uh, who's doing well playing competitive baseball and playing for their sports team, uh, sports teams at school, but still really walking with God, should approach that dad and say, Hey, I've been watching you. Would you once a month? Be willing uh, after a baseball practice, if a, you know, if I brought my son to just watch your son practice, would would you sit down with us for a half hour? And would you answer questions about what you did at sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, spiritually, um, physically, as far as working out, as far as you know, hitting, as far as throwing? I mean, everyone ought to be looking for someone. Uh, I don't know if it's a spirit of fear. I don't know if it's a spirit of mistrust. I don't know if it's a spirit of arrogance. I don't know what it is that doesn't make everyone in every area of their life say, I need someone to help me there. One of the things that I'll ask Jimmy uh, after being at our church, every time he preaches at our church, we sit down and we kind of do a debrief. And one of the things I ask him is, what are we not doing good enough that we need to change? Um, and that's a hard question to ask if you don't trust someone deeply. But I, I wonder how many people listening to this podcast 
have somebody who in the last month they've approached and said, hey, would you tell me what you see that I'm doing wrong in my life and tell me what you would do to make it better? I just wonder how many people have a relationship with someone like that. Now, there are a lot of people who would like to tell you what's going wrong in your life. And if you don't have relational trust with them, that's that's not it's, it's not, not a good, good thing. It's not a safe thing. It's not a healthy thing. But can you imagine if you had someone in your life who once every couple months you could look at them, who follows you on social media, who tracks your family, who knows your spirit well, who you could just say, what am I doing? Help me see what I'm doing wrong that I don't see. Jimmy and I talk a lot about blind spots in ministry, blind spots in church, blind spots as a as a dad, as a husband in ministry leadership. And he's constantly trying to help me see around corners that I'm not even aware of yet. And he's constantly trying to figure out how to make our church look more like the body of Christ that that God wants it to look like, uh, but man, that's it's been an eight year relationship. I mean, fifty two weeks in a year, so a hundred meet. We we've we've probably met, um, you know, four hundred times the last the last eight years. Um, just sitting down talking about life, ministry. He and his wife Sally have had Danielle and I in their home. He's been to watch my kids play sports. Um, he's at every important thing that our church does. And I just think it's so valuable, but, but I had to intentionally pursue him. He didn't recruit me and say, let me be your coach. I had to say, I need help. And I don't know if it's my athletic background that always wants a coach, you know, whether it be a hitting coach, a throwing coach, a quarterback coach, a shooting coach. Um, I have never in my life been without a coach in an area that's important for me to do well in. So that, you know, Ministry coach, pastor coach, preaching coach, you know, husband coach, dad coach. Of course, of course, I've never not had a coach help me get better. Can you imagine if we all took that approach to life? And if you haven't yet, go go find one. Go go start stalking someone on social media who you respect, and figure out how to develop a relationship with you, and then and then ask them to help you. But do not do it if you are not willing to then do that for someone else. If you are not willing to coach someone else, I had an awesome opportunity this week uh, to talk with a young church planner on the phone uh, for about an hour. Um, young kid who's been a part of my life and ministry for almost 15 years. His name's Chris Renfro, and he's getting ready to plant a church in North Atlanta um, next year. And he called and said, will you coach me? Will your team coach me? Can I bring some of our team members to your church and just sit down and watch how you guys do things? And then would you help us? And and the answer is always yes. And part of it is because we know we couldn't do what we do without Jimmy, without Dan Sutherland, without Daniel Floyd. So, yes, we, we want to take all that they've given us and give it to you because that's how life works. Everyone should have a disciple maker in their life. Everyone should have an upcoming disciple in their life. If we'll keep that chain going, kingdom of God will keep expanding. That's such valuable information. And I know your schedule, Pastor Christian, you don't have time for any of that, but you make time for it. Yeah, I don't. Is that important? I don't have time to not do it. Right. Like I would be dead. None of none of the other time I spent would be important if I didn't prioritize that time. Well, let, we could end the podcast there. There's so much great information, but let's dive into Pastor Jimmy's message for a little bit. Um, on Sunday, Pastor Jimmy reminded us um, of this statement. The only way this world makes sense in in any capacity is in view of eternity. The only way the pain, the suffering, the death that we experience makes sense on this earth is in view or in light of eternity. As we record this podcast, there's thousands upon thousands of acres burning in California. 
Uh, I had a good friend that was in my small group years ago who went through a, a, a bad season of cancer and he passed away. And I remember his last statement to me the last time I saw him. He said, Brandon, I don't know how anybody does this without Jesus. I don't know how anybody experiences this without Jesus. So let me ask you this, Pastor Christian, what specifically do we need to know about eternity that can help us process the pain and the suffering that we experience today? Well, I think we, I think we need to know this. Um, eternity, eternity is coming, and e- eternity was God's opportunity to recreate a perfect creation that was broken. So I preached a funeral today, um, that, you know, this, this, this afternoon. So, I mean, before I came here, I, I was standing in front of a casket, and I was preaching a funeral. And I told people, um, the story of the Bible is, is three simple words. Creation, corruption, recreation. Creation, corruption, recreation. God created the heavens and the earth and humanity so that we could enjoy his relationship. He can enjoy us and our heart of worship forever and ever, ever without sickness, without death, without pain, without suffering, without all those things in a state of immortality. But he gave us the choice to choose life our own way. But with the warning that if you do that, it brings suffering and death. And Adam and Eve corrupted it. P- creation was perfect. Their choice cor- corrupted it. But God said, I'm going to recreate. What what I originally intended, this perfect world that is eternal, that is immortal, that is pain-free, that is suffering-free, uh, I'm, I'm going to recreate that. And you can choose it. You can choose it. But it'll come after this life. And everything in this life will lead towards it and prepare you for it. Um, and all, all the bad, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis often said it this way. One day, all of the bad will be undone. All of the hurt will be undone. All of the suffering will be undone. Uh, and everything in life just prepares us for eternity. I think the thing we need to know about eternity is, one, it's coming. Two, how we choose to live our life makes a difference for eternity. Um, the things that we that we sow today, we will reap sometimes not into eternity. Rick Warren says that all of life is just a dress rehearsal for eternity. All of life is practice for the real life of living with God uh, and those we love in eternity. I think we need to know it's it's real. It's coming. The way we live our life matters for eternity. We get to choose whether we want an eternity with God or an eternity without God. Um, and everything that we experience here that was not a part of God's original creation, that was a part of corruption, God will turn to use to get us and others ready for an eter- in, in eternity. And one day in eternity, he will undo those things. He'll heal every hurt. He'll reset everything that's broken. He'll give hope where hope was stolen from us. Everything wrong here will one day be undone in eternity. So we ha- we have to look forward to that. We have to expect that. We have to we have to live for that. N- none of us studies um a, a small enough amount back in history that we don't study about people who aren't alive anymore. Very few of us think not so far into eternity or so little into the future that we don't outthink our lifetime. So our life, James says, our life is such a short span. It's like a mist that appears for a little while. Most of the stuff you know about the people in the world are not alive anymore. Uh, all the people on the dollars and quarters and nickels that you have, like those, they're not alive anymore. And usually when you, when you think 
about your legacy, you're gone. So you better start thinking about and preparing for eternity because it's it's coming. Your life is such a short span. Live it in light of eternity. Choose an eternity with Jesus. And when hurt comes, know an eternity is coming that will undo all the hurt that is here now. Well, Pastor Christian, I can't, I'm looking back on just this morning and I can't think, I, I mean, I wrote these questions and, and and the next question is is a valuable question and I can't help but think, I didn't even think about heaven once this morning, not one time. So I, my, my question to you is this, Pastor Christian, how often do you think about heaven? How often do you think about eternity and how practically can we allow the thought of uh, of heaven and the, allow the thought of the afterlife shape our decisions today and how we parent, how we uh, are in a relationship with our wife or our spouse, how, how, how you lead a church. So I'm going to be honest. I don't think about heaven as often as I, as often as I think about the end of, of my life, meaning I often, if not daily, uh, realize that, that my life here will end. I mean, I, I've, I very rarely go a day where I don't think about making decisions in, in light of, e- in light of eternity, in light of I won't, I won't be here anymore. Um, but I, I wish I could say I was more motivated by or aware of heaven or I, I made a decision today because of something I want to experience in heaven. Uh, I think I've learned to, to, pr- I think I've learned to process. Let me, let me put it this way. I am learning to process well the thought of temporary. Right. So if, so if you don't see it in, in earth and heaven, but if you see it as in temporary and eternal, I, my mindset has shifted eternal. I very, I very rarely think about the temporary because I realize that, I mean, the temporary all goes away in my marriage, in my parenting, um, in my church. I'm very, I'm very rarely making decisions based on temporary. I'm trying to make decisions based on eternal. So not so much heaven and earth, but a lot of eternal versus temporal um, from a really bad day in in light of eternity, like doesn't mean much. You know, regardless of whether today is the best day of my life or the worst day of my life, I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to start another one tomorrow. And one day I'm going to be out of tomorrow's. And I'll, and I'll begin the, and I'll begin the real life. Um, when you think eternal rather than temporal, you look at all the resources you have and you're okay giving some of them away, investing some of them in the kingdom of God, because you know, one day you're not going to be here to spend them. Um, and when you don't have enough, you realize one day you're not, you're not going to be living in poverty anymore because this life's coming to an end. So if, if you, if you would have phrased that question, how often do you think about the eternal rather than the temporal? All the time. How often am I focused on aspects of heaven? I probably should do a better job of that. For me, the goal of heaven is Jesus. I mean, when I think about heaven, I think about Jesus. I, I really want to meet Jesus. Um, Sarah, the, what about the streets of gold? I don't. I mean, if Jesus is there, I'm I'm good. I'm good with asphalt. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm. I grew up in the country. I'm good. You know, I'm good with grass. I'm good with gravel. That the streets are not appealing to me. So what about the walls made of diamond? Again, I don't. I don't care what. I don't care what. For me, heaven is Jesus. I cannot wait to meet Jesus. Heaven is also for me a a restoration and a renewal of my spiritual nature. I cannot wait to get out of this sinful body. 
I cannot wait to have no more sinful thoughts. I cannot wait to have no more sinful reactions. I cannot wait to have no, I, I cannot wait till I don't have any more sinful emotions. I cannot, I can't wait to meet Jesus. I can't wait to be like Jesus. I can't wait to be the person that God had in mind when he created Adam and Eve in the garden. And he said, if you keep choosing me, this is who you're going to reproduce. I can't wait to be with Jesus. I can't wait to be like Jesus, where it is, what the temperature is, what it's made of. All that stuff is really, really secondary. I just want to be with Jesus and be who Jesus created me to be. I know that's not going to happen till eternal overcomes temporal. I think about that all the time. Well, from his past experience working with the local church and local church pastors, Pastor Jimmy mentioned that he has become increasingly aware of how often the church tries to avoid suffering. I was moved at a point in his message where he said this, God doesn't lead us around the valley of the shadow of death, but he will lead us through it. As a pastor, um, Pastor Christian, what do you say or what do you do to help people understand this reality that God's not going to lead you around the valley? He's going to lead you through it because for a lot of people that might not be comforting. And, and I think our responsibility as Christians is to help people through times of comfort. So what do you do? What do you say in times like that? Yeah, when people are, are suffering, honestly, I usually say too much. I usually say the wrong thing. I am, I am Job's friends who did better just sitting with him than talking with him because a lot of times the suffering of others makes me uncomfortable. Yes. I mean that like that is so selfish, right? It's like, ooh, they're suffering. That makes me uncomfortable. I'd like to fix it because that will help me feel better. Regardless of what it does to them, if you know, if I can feel better, that that's a that's a good thing. So it's difficult. But I, I think you 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 have to have the worldview. I don't want to say you have to embrace suffering, but you can't you can't run away from it. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's that, it's that quote that Elizabeth Elliot gave us that if you never want to suffer, you never want to hurt, you better never love anything or anybody too deeply. I mean, we live in a world, a broken world filled with broken people, but God calls us to love that world and be in that world, um, and make it through that world. And I, I think, you know, when, when you read Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about running our race with perseverance. It talks about uh, discipline in life. It talks about hardship in life. It talks about how God uses suffering to make us stronger. But the the word for suffering there is the word we get gymnasium for. And the thought is suffering is God's gymnasium to make us stronger. Right? We've we've all gone to the gym and seen a guy who we know does not want to get stronger. You know, walking on a treadmill or riding an exercise bike oh, yeah. or lifting five pound weights. And we look at him and think that guy ain't ever going to get stronger because he's he's not even sweating. He's not even willing to put in hard work. Christians who are not willing to suffer are Christians who are not willing to grow. Christians who are not willing to suffer walk into life and say, where are the five pound dumbbells? Where's the treadmill that goes three miles an hour? Where's the exercise bike with no resistance? Uh, I'm not even planning to sweat, but I need to get a little workout in. Um, suffering is God's gymnasium to break down our muscles in order to build them up so that we can be stronger. God uses suffering. He doesn't always cause it, but he always uses it. And if we could look at suffering as a day in the gym and not run away from it, eventually one day we're going to look in the mirror like we talked a few podcasts ago, and we're going to think, well, I think I've, I think I've changed. It's the before and after pictures. I'm a different person than I was before suffering came. Um, I want to avoid suffering. I, I don't. I don't think 
the question is, do you run towards it or run away from it? I think the question is, when you're in it, use it. When you're in it, let God use it. Um, use it as ministry rather than misery. It'll make you stronger and it will make someone else stronger. Don't, don't run to it. That, that would be odd to, you know, to, to ask God to hit you again. But when you, when you feel the suffering of life, don't run away from it. Lean into it. Get stronger. Meet Jesus in a way you can never meet him. Develop the character and hope and perseverance you could not develop without it. And then go help someone else through the exact same thing. What a great thought. Suffering is God's gymnasium to help us grow stronger. It's powerful. I stole it from Tim Keller. It was in, in his book, Walking with God Through Grief and Suffering. But yeah, it, it really is a powerful thought. Yeah, that's a, he's a really smart guy, too. Well, last question for today, um, Pastor Christian. Uh, Jimmy opened his message with a prayer. Uh, I remember it. Because he said this, some people in this auditorium are angry with God. Some people listening to this podcast are angry with God. He would later state in his message that we should just stop being angry with God for promises he never made. It was his most passionate moment in in the message. Pastor Christian, for the person listening right now who is angry with God, what what steps can they begin to take to just stop being angry with God for promises he never made? Yeah, so the so the statement I heard Jimmy make on the on the online uh hour that I watched was stop holding God in contempt for not keeping promises that he never made. Um so one I I would say so if you're angry with God, that's okay. God's a big boy, uh, and if you read through the Psalms, yes. um get you know, our our anger does not offend God. Uh, our, our anger can actually draw us closer to God because here's what I would say to do in your anger. Um, lean in. Why are you angry? Write it down. And if you feel like God has let you down, go, fi- go find out where scripture said he let you down. Because if you can, if you can find that, if you can find where you believe God let you down and you can look into the context of how he used that, in someone else's life in scripture, if you can really capture the heart of God, if you can really capture the circumstances that God has allowed your particular suffering scripturally, you're going to, you're going to find a beautiful story where God brought beauty from ashes. Uh, and, and you're going to, if you look closely enough, you're going to see what you went through and all of, all of it is going to draw you back to the suffering of Jesus and the suffering of the cross. And you're going to realize what I'm going through is awful. But God allowed Jesus to go through worse because he loves me and because he wants me to be close to him and he wants me to be like him and he wants me to be like his son. So I would say if you're angry with God, that's okay, but process that. Process through that. Write down why you're angry with God. If you feel like God has let you down, write down why you feel like God has let you down. If you feel like God has promised you or the world something that he's not delivered on, go find that. Go study it. See if it is in the correct context of Scripture. If it's not, stop holding God in contempt for not keeping a promise he did not make. And if he and if he did make a promise that at this point in his life he's not fulfilled, Go research where else that happened in the Bible and how God used that to write a story 
to make someone see or look like Jesus more than they had seen him or look like him before that suffering came into their life. Not easy, no. but possible. Well, Pastor Jimmy's message was incredible. So thank you for inviting him. And I, I'm just so grateful for this series. It's been extremely impactful. And I know that many people have greatly appreciated the series as well. And for the first time are, are looking at death and they're looking at suffering from a much healthier perspective. So thank you for having the courage to attack another difficult topic that can be hard to talk about sometimes. And we're so grateful for you for listening to this episode. We pray that this has become a weekly routine for you and that you're finding tremendous encouragement from from this resource. Uh, more importantly, I pray that it is, a, it is challenging to you to activate your faith in every area of your life, not just what you do on Sundays. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review this. This is extremely helpful for us getting this resource out into the hands of more and more people. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.